Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. I am Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So what is our biggest challenge in the CPA world today? It's, I don't think it's technology, although that's a big challenge. I don't think it's getting clients. I think that's less and less of a challenge. I think the number one challenge in the world today is staff. It's what's going on from people coming in, people leaving, et cetera. And I have two of my absolute favorite um, people in the CPA world on the line here. I have Tyler Clark and Jody Paydar. Um, both very big influencers in the CPA industry. So a lot of you, I'm sure, know them. And But for those people who don't know you, Tyler, would you start and just give us a little of your background and what you do? Absolutely. And first of all, thank you so much for having me on here, Tom. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Tyler S. Clark. I'm the co-founder of Dream Firms, where we create generational wealth and impact for entrepreneurial accountants by systemizing how they attract, win, and retain the business of their dream clients. I have successfully run my own accounting firm, adding six figures of new non-referral growth to it each year in a row, pioneered many digital marketing strategies uh, once digital marketing became much more necessary in order to grow in the uh, early 2012, 13, 14 category. And now we take those strategies and make sure that they're being adopted by the most cutting edge accounting firms who are looking to uh, consistently create their dream firms. Awesome. Thanks, Tyler. And what about you, Jody? Sure. So I'm Jody Paydar, the radical CPA, probably one of only a few branded CPAs. Um, my current role, um, aside from like shaking up the accounting profession and um, doing a lot of things differently, um, I'm a head of tax at the software company called April, where we are creating embedded tax and looking to really kind of shake up the turbo tax. So the consumer market building brand new tax software to um, create disruption there. Um, but, you know, um, you can usually find me on social talking about everything and anything related to accounting and practice management. Absolutely. Jody, Jody is our expert on anything and everything. So, um, and, and we're just, we're just thrilled to have you now. So looking at the CPA industry um, and the accounting industry, what are you guys seeing right now? What are you seeing from a standpoint of 
you know, we've got this great resignation overall, but what are you seeing on people coming in, people leaving, et cetera? Um, Jody, uh, why don't you go first? So I think the problems that we're facing today, we've been facing for a while, right? They've been building and building and building. And now it's just they're they're breaking free that they're affecting everyone, right? And um, accountants are coming off the pandemic and their values have changed. Their ideas have changed. What's important to them has changed. And so now they're just not taking it anymore, right? Before they used to do what they were told, they would work all these hours and they would just do things because they thought that was the only way. And now the pandemic has really made accountants and everybody kind of reevaluate their lives and figure out what's important to them. And for many of them, they're saying no to accounting. They're leaving the profession as a whole or they're just putting their foot down and saying, I don't want to do this all these hours. Um, plus, you still have the boomers who are retiring. So, you know, it's like the perfect storm for not having enough talent. And so I don't think it's a bad thing because I actually think change is good and automation is going to change a lot of things. But I also think that you as a firm owner have to really rethink how you're going to approach talent in the future and how you're going to utilize talent because automation is going to do a lot of the grunt work that we were doing anyways, but using your people the best way possible moving forward. Oh, thank you. So Tyler, what about you? Yeah, it's fantastic points from Jody, and I'll, I'll echo that in a, just a slightly different way. Uh, I've talked quite a bit about this, and the way I, I like to relate it is this is just basic economics right now. Uh, there's an increased demand, and that demand has only been increasing for accounting services, especially with all the regulations and all the new tax law changes that have come from COVID administration changes. And when you compound that on a lower supply of capable accounting professionals, uh, what should be happening is our prices should be going up. And when you have more prep, when you have more profit, you can now afford to keep more talent in the market. And Jody also pointed out that people are leaving profession, less people are coming into it and more people are retiring it from. So you have this compression of all of these different various aspects of just modern life for accounting today. And again, it's not that the demand is lower, it's at an all time high, but we have less people coming in, more people leaving. And so it's incumbent upon the leaders inside of the profession, the entrepreneurs, the bigger firms, and even the people who are still just looking to come into the profession to say, how are we going to take all of these changes and and mold them in a way that is beneficial, not just for the profession, but for the clients that we're serving as well. So I, I see it the same way as Jody. I think that this is a tremendous uh, area of opportunity for those that are willing to embrace it. And those that are trying to hold tightly onto the old ways of hiring, training, incentivizing their team, giving them grunt low level tasks that could have easily been automated if they had simply made a different change in their tech stack they're not going to be around for much longer because um, the market's not going to tolerate it. And there are plenty of ways to be able to change it before they have to uh, be forced with that harsh reality. Well, you say that Tyler. And yet um, as, as Jody um, intimated, there's more, and you said there's accountants leaving the profession. There's more demand for the profession. So seems to me like accountants, uh, it's kind of like, you know, every once in a while, like we have right now, employees have clout, right? right? And most of the time, employers have the clout. Right now, employees have the clout. Well, if we've got this perfect storm, as you say, Jody, then it seems to me like accountants have clout. 
So here's my question, because um, you alluded, you, you, you mentioned this, Tyler, um, but fewer people are coming in. Why? Why are, why are so few people? In fact, where are they going? Because it's not like there's fewer people. Millennials, there's more, there are more millennials than there are baby boomers. Okay, there are uh, more millennials than baby boomers. So it's, it's not a matter of not enough people. It's a matter of not enough people in the profession. So I'd like your take, Tyler, following up on that. Why? Why aren't they coming in? Wow. Uh, I, I don't know if I have enough time to answer this appropriately, so I'll keep this. All right, 30 short. seconds or less. 30, Why aren't they seconds. coming in? The gen my general belief is that the the leaders of the profession, or at least the old guard, has not done a great job of promoting the advantages of accounting. Uh, they have done a poor job at expressing why this is a tremendous area of personal growth, why there's tremendous income opportunity, how you can impact people's lives for the better. And on, on, on just to keep this, you know, not in the land of conspiracy, but... It's very clear that tech is promoted. It's seen as very sexy. Legal is seen as very, very lucrative and amazing. Think about how many how many TV shows there are about technology. Yeah, but but, but, but let's add, let, let me go to that, Tyler, because <laughs> I actually think you hit on what I think is the core of the problem. It's seen as more lucrative. It's not seen as more lucrative. It is more lucrative. Somebody coming out of college with a four-year degree or five-year degree going into technology is going to make roughly two to two and a half times what they're going to make coming into the accounting profession. So the way I put it is, I put it this to a, a, a partner in a, a one of, a, of the large local firms here a while back. I said, we don't, we don't get enough, we don't have enough accountants because we don't pay enough and we pay, don't pay enough because we don't charge enough. And we don't charge enough because we don't do enough. Okay. So it, to me, it's that simple. I'm like, Jody. That was exactly so I would I say the, the answer man. is the answer is data. So um, if you think about who studies data and who studies accounting, it's the same mindset. It's it is. the same brain. It is exactly it's the, the same, same exact the person, same person who you would recruit. They're yep. either going to go accounting or they're going to go data and yep. data is sexier and data makes more money. So if I'm a junior in college and I can pick between data and accounting, I'm going to pick data just because it's yep. where the money's at. It's where sure. the, the future's going. So that's why we're losing. Well, and we either need to make accounting more data centric, which I think we're trying to, but we're really not doing the, the job we should because um, just because we're, we're so seeped in tradition that we, we can't see new things. And the, I, I mean, that that's the future is data. So either accountants got to get data, they got to go back and kind of learn how to work with data so that they can charge more and do better, bigger things, which I pretty cool if you've taken a data class or like we, we got to figure out how we're going to remain relevant. Because if you're in college right now, I think most people are picking data over accounting. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I, I I think that's clear. I think that's clear. I'm 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 glad I'm not the only one who's <laughs> been thinking this for the last ten years, frankly. Um. So, that's, and even firms now are hiring data scientists. So that tells you too. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But think about this. But 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 let's think about this. Look at the work that most accountants are doing. Most accountants are doing work that very easily could be done by computers. 
Okay. I mean, you're talking, I mean, what you're doing, Jody, in the tax realm is you're, uh, as I understand, the little bit I understand about what you're doing is the idea is, look, you shouldn't spend all your time inputting data, right? That data should be automatically put into the tax return. All you should be doing is reviewing it for how do we, how do we, A, we need to make sure the technology is accurate, which by the way, is another problem in our profession because so many people rely on the computer exclusively. So they don't even check the data that goes into the tax return and they don't even check the, the technology. I'm sorry, but I use one, we use one of the big counting softwares and it is not always accurate. Okay. It doesn't always import, doesn't always bring over from last year. It doesn't bring over, you know, you're supposed to just automatically, you know, you click the button and the, the, the data from the K1 that you prepared also in the same system automatically comes over. Doesn't mean it's right. Okay. So we still have to verify that. But to me, the bigger issue is we're not looking at what the client wants. We, we, we charge. Uh, so let me ask you this. Um, Tyler, so you uh, work with a number of, of firms and particularly the smaller firms, right? And you you probably see this, but my question is, what is it, why is it that the CPA is so driven by um, and, and selling something that the client doesn't value? So Clients don't value tax returns. Can we all agree on that? There is no value to the client of a tax return. Okay. And yet, do you see still, Tyler, because I know I do, do you see um, CPAs that are still charging for tax returns and giving away consulting? It's more common than it should be at this point, um, but it is exceptionally common. I would say that that's the one of the biggest issues that we address first and foremost with, with our firm services is you've got to be very clear with what you are delivering and what you are not. And more specifically to your question, your point, Tom, where where is the value in what the client is getting? And, and I think this term value gets used quite a lot. And I, I think we all intrinsically understand it, but a lot of people actually don't. And I, and especially again, the accounting profession does not have a really great grasp on like what value truly means. And I really simplify this by just saying value is a synonym for results. And so if the result is just a tax return, okay, that's fine. Right. But don't expect that to come along at a premium price where you're now able to bring in premium talent so that you can now go and offer done for you dashboard and data management solutions. Like you you can't make that jump until you recognize, wait a minute, there's a lot more that's going into this tax return. There's all the consulting I'm providing. There's the oversight I'm providing. There's the cleaning up of the books that I'm doing typically for free sometimes, which is absolutely crazy. There's a, a whole lot more and we don't need to go down line by line of all the services that can be provided that don't get charged for. But when you're providing that multitude of results, you got to slow it down. You got to look at it. You got to say, which of these do the clients truly appreciate? Which of these have I not communicated at yeah. all? Which is 100% the onus, uh, the owner, uh, the responsibility of the owner. Uh, but again, I just look at it as if you're not taking the time to communicate, which is something that will never be automated and making sure that your value is properly expressed, you're going to keep staying on the hamster wheel until you end up selling your firm for way less than what it should be worth today. Yeah, I mean, and I, I would... I would argue that 
clients do value accuracy. They do value the sleep at night part of a tax return. So one of the things, for example, that we communicate with our clients is that we prepare every tax return as though it was going to be audited. And so then they go, okay, there's value to that. However, and so, so but the base tax return, to me, we ought to be selling consulting and giving away the tax return. That we, we've got it completely backwards. And, and, and the other thing we need to do is, so I, I want to go to the pricing here. Uh, you mentioned it, Tyler, but I'm going to ask Jody your um, thoughts on it. Why are client, why are CPAs, CPAs are in high demand right now. And they're going to be, we're going to have this transition for the next four to five years, I think, where there's fewer CPAs um, doing more work. And they're they're just they're just not going to be able to keep up. And what's going to happen is they're going to be several clients that you're going to fire your bottom twenty percent. And guess what? They're not going to have anywhere to go. I mean, literally nowhere to go. So uh, you know, unless they go, I mean, they might go to an EA. They might go to you know somebody you know the the pilot who prepares tax returns on the side. Which unfortunately, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, but my question is, Jody, why? Why? Why is it the CPAs? I mean, now I, so I do I like think... to say that CPA stands for cheapest people anywhere. But why are they so afraid of billing value? So I think um, actually I have a little bit of experience in that. In that, I when I originally um, started my firm, I was joined my dad, and my dad had these clients that were forty years old, and he was eighty. So, like again, so he's been with them forever. And he's attached to them and he feel he felt bad. And we cut, believe me, we raised prices. We raised price. And then finally we just got rid of the people. And, and the problem is, is that you've been so connected to them for years and their families and you're in their, you're in their intimate details and they're like friends to you. And so it's very hard for CPAs to kind of give up that relationship and so if you're going down that path of firing clients or raising your prices, my thing is, is pick three people who you know you can give that price to and then get rid of everyone else. And if you have that older partner or that person, guess what? They can usually pick the three that they absolutely cannot raise prices for and everybody else they're able to. But the problem is, is we say cut them all and they can't cut them all, but give them three gibbies that they can keep at the same price. And believe me, they will start to shed the rest of them because they will really pick their favorites. And I, I think that's what you, you have to do, but you, it's just hard because you have these personal relationships and you're afraid. And, and the other thing is, is many of them will continue to pay more because they value it and you don't even realize how much they value you. So you could double your price and because you've been there for them all those years, they will pay that doubled price because they love you and you need them to, um, I, and they will. So I think part of it is CPAs don't realize how much value their clients place in them. And then I also think that if you can get rid of them or you can kind of fire this client base, but you hold on to your three favorites, then it's a lot easier to stomach kind of changing the way you do your business. It's a good way to put it. So I have this, I, I have this theory and that is that it's because they're the cheapest people anywhere <laughs> because we don't value our services because we would never pay for them. And for example, do we value education? Would we pay 
for education. What do CPAs constantly look for? The cheapest continuing education out there. Constantly, I mean, we're bombarded. I know you guys are, I am every day. Every CPA is bombarded. Cheap CP, CPE. Well, why right. am I looking for the cheapest CPE? If, if the greatest value that I can create is what I create up here in my head, why is it that I don't value education? Because that's really, I mean, let's think about it. What do, what, what do our clients value? That's what they'll pay for, right? They don't value the tax return. They don't value data input. Um, and, but, if, but they, other, the other thing is they will not value what we don't value. Your clients will never value what you don't value. So if you don't value education, they won't value getting education from you. If you don't value professional services, let's say, for example, I, I know so many CPAs, they won't hire an attorney. They'll do their own contracts. I'm going, so you clearly do not value other professions. You don't pr value their services. You're always looking for cheapest. So, you know, and then this, the other side of this is what, what value are we providing? So one of my big complaints about CPAs is they don't understand taxes. Most CPAs deal in taxes. Most of them do. Okay. So if you don't understand the tax law and you don't understand how to do tax consulting, of course, you're not going to value it because you don't know how to do it. So that's actually why we have our conference in November. So it's November 14th through 16th. And Jody, you're speaking at it and uh, looking forward to that. And Tyler, I'm, I'm hoping you're coming, coming to it, at least virtually, if uh, nothing else. Um, we're not actually opening it up virtually except to Tyler right now. Um, so um, everybody else, we want you to come in person because it's beautiful in Tempe, Arizona in November. It's absolutely gorgeous um, here in November. This is the, this is the place to be in November. And, uh, so we're going to, we're going to do that. So we actually have a link below and, you know, we're, um, one of the things that we're doing is we want to know how many of our listeners became a CPA since 2017. So, and here's what we're going to do. So there's a survey. We'd like you to fill out the survey in LinkedIn. And so that's, that's in the, in the show notes below. So there's a, the survey. What we want to know is if, if you either are now certifying or you became a CPA since 2017, we're going to give you a $500 discount to come to the to, to our uh, event in November um, because we want to encourage new CPAs. We want to encourage new blood into the profession because here's the thing, Jody, what, what I'm finding is now I'm clearly the old dog in this conversation here, okay? I... I, I literally had my first job in a CPA firm was probably before you guys were born. Uh, it was in 1979 was my first job at a CPA firm. And uh, so Tyler, you're going, yeah, before I <laughs> yeah, was born. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and so I've, I've been around a long time, but what I find is, is that all of the, uh, most of the, 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 the voices in the profession right now are people um, like you guys who are, much younger generation. So I, the, the, the new, I think having that new energy in the profession and if we can, so what we do in, in November is we do something that's the, we do something nobody else does. We actually talk about tax strategy. We're not talking, we're not, we don't do the rules. We're not talking about the rules. We're not talking, going through PowerPoints, by the way, PowerPoints are not allowed. I'm <laughs> um, just so you know, PowerPoints are not allowed at WealthAbility Continuing Education. And so we have a very different, it's very um, 
It's very interactive. It's a, it's a lot of fun. We have people who would dread going to CPE who can't wait to come back day two. Okay. And we've actually had that. We, we have, we get that um, all the time because see, continue education should be fun. I mean, this is education. What we're doing right here is education and I'm having a blast. I don't know about you guys, but this is, this is fun. It's fun to learn if you're, if you're really learning. The reason we want cheap CPE is because we're just trying to get through it because it's so awful. It's such awful CPE. So, but here's the thing. If you can, if you know more about the tax law and you know more about tax strategies, then those are, that's what clients value. I mean, here, here, so here's my theory. I'll throw this out to you as we kind of get to wrapping up here. My theory is, is that we should be the best investment our client ever makes. That we, 100%. that our job is to increase our client's bottom line. And that is our only job. It is to increase our client's bottom line. And if we're not increasing our bo client's bottom line, I don't think we have any value. And I don't think we should get paid a lot of money. But if we're, if, if I can, for example, if I can take somebody, so I used to take clients, I don't anymore. Um, I do have a CPA firm, but I don't take personal clients anymore. Um, but when I did, for six to 12 months of consulting, I charged them $200,000. And people go, there's no way you did that. Well, I can show you the checks, okay? So I, I did, okay? I can, I have people lined up asking me, please, can you do this for $200,000? I'm going, you know, people are going, wait a minute, I don't make $200,000 in a year. And I can do that in basically in about um, 20 hours. Okay, well, why? Well, part of it is just because I'm old. Um, but I, I've actually studied the law and I actually understand how to deliver value. If, if, they're, pay, if they're paying $800,000 in taxes and I can reduce that by $500,000 on an annual basis, why wouldn't they pay me $200,000 to do that? Because that's going to be their best investment. Okay, so Tyler, first 30 seconds, what do you think? I couldn't agree more uh, primarily that you need to take your own medicine. In France, we say, uh, drink your own champagne. And one of the craziest like things to me is accounting professionals are, I asked to see their P&Ls and they are not ready to go, which is like, it's absolutely mind numbing to me that we are trying to sell a service that we ourselves do not prioritize. Now, I know that's more on the accounting side as opposed to the tax side, but the same exact thing is true is of all the things that we spend money on, there's only one thing that has a 0% chance to return back to you in the form of more money, and it's taxes. There's no way that that ever impacts your bottom line for your business. And so anything that you or the profession can do to limit that is an unbelievable advantage to that entrepreneur. And it is not emphasized the way it needs to so that people can truly hear that and say, this is the best investment that I've made in my business. It doesn't necessarily make me money, but it saves me money so that I can reinvest it in a way that will make me more money. So I, I couldn't agree more with your point, Tom. Yeah, so so I, I would just argue that saving money and making money, same thing. You have more money. The whole point is to have more money. And if I can have more money by paying fewer taxes and doing it legally, doing it ethically, doing it morally, and doing it the way the government wants me to do it, I should be doing that. Jody, your thoughts? Yeah, I would always say, you know, tax planning doesn't cost, it pays, right? That's like the cheesy saying, but um, 
<laughs> but here's the thing is in reality, a, a lot of this compliance stuff is going to be automated away anyways. So um, you need to understand a strategy. You need to understand planning. You need to understand the value because automation is already here. And in reality, like that's our value because people can do that planning. People can do that higher level thought. They can explain it. They can do all of those things. Guess what? The computer can do compliance. You're not, your client's not going to need you to, to, to spit out a tax return in the next few years. So um, if you want to be ready for the future, you got to be ready for planning. Thank you. So, I, and I would just add to that. There's no busy season in consulting. So there's no deadline <laughs> right. that we, uh, we're going to have a, a, a heavy April. We're going to have a heavy October. Okay. I mean, a lot of people right now are scrambling because Monday is uh, uh, coming up. We're recording this, but when, when we we're releasing, we're recording this on um, October, what is it, October 12th, 11th, 12th. 12th. October 12th. It's October 12th. Sorry, I've got it right on my computer screen here. We're, it's October 12th, October 17th, the deadline, and people are still scrambling, right? That doesn't happen in consulting. Doesn't happen. Now you have clients who, yeah, I, you know, I've got this deal, but if you're talking to them all the time, then you know about this months ahead of time. Okay. Because the question no is, surprise. do you want to be a transaction business or do you want to be a relationship business? And do you want to do what is easy for you or do you want to do what's fun? Okay. So and then here's what's great is the more we do consulting, the more we, we do this, the easier it gets. Um, I, I literally, for me to do tax consulting, I can, I've done it from stage in front of thousands of people. Okay. I can, I can literally do a tax strategy from stage. Well, why can I do it? Because I do it over and over and over again. So professionals always make something look easy, right? LeBron James makes makes it look easy. Steph Curry makes basketball look easy. So that's what we want to do. We want, we do want it to make it look easy for our clients, but they're going to value that because, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into um, later different, different show. We'll talk about why are you billing by the hour? Because that means that the less efficient you are, the more you bill, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, we, again, we should be focused on value. So um, thank you, Jody. Um, thank you, Tyler. Remember, um, if you uh, take do the survey, and uh, absolutely do the survey that's that's in the in the show notes below. And uh, please, we we'd like to know more. We're trying to understand what's valuable to you. We want to know what your biggest issues are. We want to know how we can best serve you because the three of us, we're here to serve the accounting profession. Um, that, that is, that's what brings the three of us together is that we have all have the same mission, which is how do we help the accounting profession become better? How do we, how, how do we, um, how do we do more so that we can, we can bill more so that we can pay more? How can we get those tech people, how could, what, what if, what if we could actually bring somebody in out of school for $200,000 a year and be profitable? Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be awesome? I think that would be amazing. I think that we can get there. I think Jody's working on that uh, in her side of the, of the tech world. I, I know we are working on a different side of the tech world to be able to get there. And I think we can, I, I think we can get so, to the point where we're having fun well, we're, yeah, we're making a lot of money, but more importantly, we're doing things that are valuable to the clients. And when we do that, we're always going to have better clients and a better practice and better life. We'll see everyone next time. 
You've been listening to the Wealth Ability for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.